Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs. Hello, young chefs. I'm Molly, editor-in-chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Bitsy. I've admit, Molly's right-hand gal and co-host on the show. Every week, we talk about the fun and fantastical side of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we use all those ingredients to make a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? We have a great episode for you today. First off, our official ingredient guesser, Ava Lee, is back to help us figure out this week's theme. Then, Champ is here to filter out some good facts in today's scoop. And finally, everyone's favorite climate change-fighting butter knife is here for the sustainable solution. Plus, I read lots of books for free. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. But first, the theme song. Tastes good. Ooh. I do have to do what now? Mystery recipe. And we're back. Hooray! Molly, check it out. Oh, what's this, Mitzi? Oh, nothing fancy. Just my new library card. Gah! Ever heard of a library card, Molly? I have. Oh, it's an amazing little card. It's like my license to read, my ticket to places near and far, the key card to my imagination, the bumper sticker to my learning mobile. Uh, Can I I have it back, Ashley? Sorry, I just, I don't want to lose it. Of course. Here you go, Mitzi. Molly, have you ever been to the library? I have. Ah, you have? Isn't it so amazing? It's just a building filled with books. And if you get a library card, you can borrow those books and read them for free. That's right, Mitzi. Free! F-R-E-E. Zero dollars. Free. How cool is that? I mean, check out all the books I got. Wow. Mitzi, that's a lot of books. I know, but there's so many things I want to learn about. And there's a book about almost everything. And there is a very patient librarian who helped me find all these books. Say, look, this one is about the rich history of oven mitts and gloves in Icelandic folklore. And this one is about buttons. And this one's called How to Train Your Cat or How Your Cat Trains You, which I figured Oliver would get a kick out of. Here's a book about climate change I checked out for Kyle. And this one, Molly, I checked out for you. It's a thrilling whodunit adventure about... Sad rich people and dogs? The Great Gatsby? Yeah. Do you know it? I do. Thank you, Mitzi, but you really don't need to check out library books for other people. Why not? They're free. Right, but you do have to return them, you know? I do have to do what now? You have to bring these books back to the library when you're done reading them. Or, I guess when they're due, whether you're done reading them or not. That button book looks surprisingly long. Yeah, I mean, who knew there was so much to say about buttons? Well, speaking of buttons, let's put a button on this convo for now because it's time for our first segment. You're right. It's time for Guess the Ingredient. For Guess the Ingredient, I am going to play three sounds, and you at home get to try and guess what ingredient will be our theme for this week. Are you ready to play? Here we go. 
Any guesses what ingredients these sounds all have in common? I'll let you think it over while I call up Ava Lee. Ava Lee is 11 years old and lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Ava Lee. Hi. How's it going today? It's going awesome. I am so glad to hear it. And thank you so much for being here. No problem. Are you ready for your first sound? Yep. Let's do it. Okay, it kind of sounds like somebody chopping, like, something soft. This is definitely a soft ingredient that I will say doesn't need to be chopped, but it has another action when you need to measure it out. So let's keep that in the back of our mind and listen to the second sound. Okay, that one sounds like it was sugar because, like, normally when I'm baking, um, I take a knife and I scrape it. Love it. I love it. Let's listen to the third sound. It sounded like something pouring. It was probably something thick because um, the drops were big. Yeah, like gloopy. Yeah. I agree. That was a thick, gloopy liquid. Now, you might have an idea of what this ingredient is, but in case you still haven't guessed it, listeners, I have a few hints for you. This ingredient is known for its sweet yet complex flavor. It's also something we use often in baking, and it has a color in its name. With those hints and our three sound clues, can you guess what ingredient we'll be focusing on this week? Is it... Brown sugar? It is! Amazing! Welcome to Brown Sugar Week. All this week, we are going to be talking about sugar's moist and clumpy cousin. Brown sugar is sugar crystals, also called sucrose crystals, coated with a dark syrup called molasses. There's two main types, dark brown sugar and light brown sugar, and we'll learn about the difference between them and when to use which in our next segment. So, Avalee, now that you know what our ingredient is, are those sounds making more sense to you? Yes, a lot more sense, especially the first one. Yeah, so what was that first one? Yeah, that one kind of sounded like scraping as well. You're so close. It was scooping. So scooping out brown sugar. Because it's moist and clumpy, we can't really pour it when you're measuring, so you have to scoop. And then speaking of measuring, that second sound, what was that second sound? The second sound is probably um, getting all the excess sugar off. That second sound was packing brown sugar, which is an important step in measuring it. And the final sound was the gloopy pour of molasses, which is what makes this sugar different from white or granulated sugar. Avalee, wonderful job with Guess the Ingredient this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye! Molly, did you know that buttons or button-like things have been traced back to the Indus Valley Civilization, now Southern Asia, during its Cote Digi phase between 2800 and 2600 BCE? I did not know that. Me neither. This button book is really pretty neat. So when are these books due back at the library, Mitzi? It's a good question. I didn't even realize I have to bring them back. It usually says on the inside cover. Let's see here. 
three weeks. Three weeks? Oh, man, I don't know if I'll have time to learn all there is to learn about buttons in three weeks. Never mind the Icelandic folktales. Oh, I'll be back, Molly. I have to focus. All right, Mitzi, while you speed read up on button history, it's time for the scoop. Hey, champ, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Molly. Hey, champ, do you have a library card? I actually do, Mitzi. Well, did you know you have to bring the books back? Yeah, I I did know that, Mitzi. Oh, well, just, just in case you didn't, I, I wanted to share. So, champ, who are we talking to today? Well, Molly, today I'm talking to Molly. Me? No, a different Molly. Molly Lassus. Molly is a jar of molasses. Hi. How are you today, Molly? I'm good. Thanks, champ. All right, listeners, we'll hear more from Champ and Molly after this quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Driscoll's. Driscoll's raspberries are a sweet and delicious snack straight out of the container that you can enjoy all year long. I shared some with my kids, Olive and Toby. What are we snacking on now? Raspberries. Driscoll's, the company, asked me to find my favorite people to split some raspberries with, and I wanted to share them with you guys. How does it feel to share them with me? Amazing. No. You know what I like about it? I get to spend time with you. Me too. The sweetness isn't just inside these Driscoll's raspberries. It's also in the moments they help make. Just add only the finest raspberries to make your everyday moments a little sweeter. Visit driscolls.com slash ATK to discover more. Raspberries, raspberries, you're so sweet. Hi, grown-ups. In our latest cookbook, Kids Can Cook Anything, we help you teach your young chefs how to cook anything, such as bike tires, fake flowers, even the concept of joy. Uh, hey, Chad, we don't literally teach kids how to cook anything. Oh, hi, Afton, deputy food editor here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. We do have 70-plus recipes in this book, but they are only recipes for food. Has your young chef ever wondered about the best way to chop an onion or separate an egg or even how to make fancy-looking chocolate pastry puffs for breakfast, an oven-baked chicken with teriyaki sauce for dinner? Kids Can Cook Anything, the new book from ATK Kids, answers all of those questions. Oh, wow. Plus, there's QR codes throughout the book that link to video examples, which make this way more than your average cookbook. But Afton, who's going to show me how to cook a bike tire? Hopefully no one. Grown-ups, you can get Kids Can Cook Anything wherever books are sold or by going to atkkids.com slash shop. And we're back, and it's time for the scoop. Take it away, champ. Thanks, Molly. Today, I'm here talking to Molly, a jar of molasses. Molly, care to introduce yourself for us, please? Okay. Um, I'm Molly. I'm, you know, a jar of molasses. Um, I try to be sweet, but can sometimes get into some sticky situations. And, yeah, I guess that's it. Can you explain what molasses is for any of our listeners who might not know? I can! Sure, champ. 
Molasses, which is fun fact, called treacle in the United Kingdom, is a type of sweet and sticky syrup. I've got a complex flavor that can be sort of woody and caramelly and buttery all at the same time. People use molasses in all sorts of stuff, like gingerbread and popcorn balls and barbecue sauce and licorice and baked beans and... Okay, those are some great examples. Thank you. So, our listeners might be wondering, why are we talking to molasses during Brown Sugar Week? Care to explain? I would love to. But in order to understand what brown sugar and molasses have in common, I sort of need to explain how brown sugar is made in the first place. Go right ahead. Okay, great! <laughs> so, we're going to talk about cane sugar today, which is sugar that is made from a plant called sugar cane. Now, sugar cane is almost like bamboo. It's like a tall, thick grass that grows in shoots or canes. And sugar is made from those canes. Interesting, but maybe in the interest of time, can we skip ahead a little bit? No, that's okay. I have plenty of time. So first, they are harvested. An interesting note is that many farmers leave the base of the sugar cane intact, and it actually grows back. So they don't have to plant it every year over and over again, like many crops. That is interesting. So it's harvested. Right! So the cane is harvested and then crushed, which separates the cane juice from the dry pulp. The cane juice is what gets used to make sugar. Maybe we can... Use the abbreviated version of... Many factories actually burn the pulp to help heat the cane juice and part of the sugar-making process, so it doesn't necessarily go to waste. Love to hear that. Right? So, the cane juice is treated so that any minerals, dirt, imperfections, anything like that gets removed, and then it's boiled to evaporate out the water, and thicken the liquid cane juice into a sweet syrup. Once that syrup has cooled a bit, it's time to crystallize the liquidy syrup into solid sucrose or sugar crystals. Amazing. And how does that happen, Molly? Well, a few sugar crystals are added to the syrup to get the process going. And then the liquid syrup turns into sucrose crystals. And these crystals are covered in some of the leftover syrup. And guess what that leftover syrup is called? Molasses. Molasses, that's right! So, these crystals are covered in molasses. So they get put into a centrifuge and spun around really fast so that the sugar crystals and molasses separate. And then you have granulated sugar and molasses. Huh. So molasses is a byproduct of the sugar-making process. That's right. 
And do you know how brown sugar is made? I don't. Maybe we can get sort of a quick version of it? Oh, I... <sighs> Sorry. I guess I talk kind of slow, don't I? I can try to hurry up. I, I mean, a, a little. I'm sorry. Oh, Molly, no. I'm sorry. You're... what? I'm sorry. You were doing a great job. There was no reason for me to try to rush you. Really? Yeah. You're molasses. You're a really thick syrup, and you pour very slowly. Maybe you talk a little slower than other folks might, but that's no reason for me to try and rush you. I should let you talk at your own pace. You're answering all my questions perfectly. Aw, well thanks, champ. Not a lot of people recognize that, you know. I sort of get a lot of sighs and people checking their watches. But you're right. Some folks talk fast and some folks talk slow like me. And some folks stutter or trip over their words. And some folks pause for a really long time to think about what they want to say. And some people don't speak with words at all. But what makes you a good interviewer, and probably a good friend too, is that you know that folks talk at different paces. And whatever pace someone's at is the perfect pace for them. I couldn't have said it better myself, Molly. So, you want to tell us about brown sugar? Right! Of course, Chip! So, brown sugar is just sugar with molasses. Nowadays, the way sugar production and factory processes work, most sugar is processed all the way to being raw, white, or granulated sugar. Then, it's either reliquified and mixed with molasses or just coated back in molasses. So, they take the molasses out and then add it back in? Yep. Kinda silly. Something about quality control or big batches or something like that? Who knows? But yeah, that's brown sugar. Well, thanks so much, Molly. I think that's our scoop for today. Sugar is made from processed sugarcane. Brown sugar is sugar that's coated in molasses. And it's nice to give folks space to talk at whatever pace they need. Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Champ. And thanks to you as well, Molly. No problem. <laughs> wow, I never knew molasses was a byproduct of making sugar, Molly. I did. Kyle! Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's going great. Oh, Kyle. Here, here, I got you this. Saving Us by Catherine Cahoe? I love this book. Oh, you've already read it. Yeah, but I don't own a copy. I borrowed it from the library. Hey, wait. This copy is from the library, too. See, look. There's my name from when I checked it out. Yeah, okay. I think I did this library thing all wrong. I'm kind of glad you already read this book, though, because now I don't have to worry about getting it back from you in time to return it. I've only got three weeks. Yeah, Mitzi. Libraries are great, but you really only have to worry about checking out books for yourself. We each have our own library cards. Although you may need to check them out for Oliver. I don't think cats can get library cards. Yet. I had a long conversation with a librarian about that one, actually. And he's working on it. Anywho, Kyle, if you're here, then that means it's time for our next segment. 
That's right. I'm excited to be back to talk about how sustainability and our theme ingredient intersect. Welcome to The Sustainable Solution. Today, we're going to talk about byproducts. Sounds like a big word, but it's easy to understand. Like we learned in the scoop, a byproduct is when something is made during the process of making something else. We'll use molasses as an example. Molasses is a byproduct because it is the leftover syrup that gets spun away in a centrifuge after liquid sugar cane crystallizes. Byproducts are awesome because they help avoid waste. Instead of just throwing that molasses away because we were trying to make sugar, people realize it's got a lot of really great uses on its own and so started to save it and reuse it. There are a ton of other interesting byproducts in the food world that help avoid waste, too. Another fun example is with citrus. Lots of oranges are juiced every year to make the orange juice you might buy at a grocery store. When making orange juice, factories end up with orange peels and dried orange pulp. These are byproducts. They reuse the dried pulp to feed livestock like cows. And take citrus oil from the peels or rinds to make citrus-scented things like shampoo, cleaning products, and even bug spray. Speaking of cows, straw is a byproduct of harvesting wheat, oats, or grains, and it is a very important food for all kinds of farm animals. We learned about buttermilk last season, which is the liquid byproduct of the butter-making process that has all kinds of delicious uses in cooking and baking. Byproducts are a great way to avoid waste, which is why using byproducts for something new is part of the sustainable solution. Wow, who knew so much of what we use comes from baking something else? I love it. Thanks so much for an excellent segment today, Kyle. I think buttermilk is my favorite byproduct. I love to bake with it. Me too. All right, friends, that's it for me today. See you next time. Bye. Bye. So, Molly... I'm feeling a little bit guilty about this whole library situation. Why is that, Mitzi? Well, I kind of misunderstood the assignment on this one. Just because I can take out five books at a time for free does not mean I need to take out five books at a time for free. I agree, but why does that make you feel guilty? Well, I was looking at the inside covers and lots of people have checked them out and read them before me. Which means other people want to learn about climate change and buttons and Icelandic folklore, too. But they won't be able to read about Gertie the Glove Troll because I have the book checked out. And I'm not even reading that book yet. I'm over here, reading about buttons. Which are fascinating, by the way. You might even say they're fascinating fasteners. Yeah, A plus, Molly. <laughs> Caught me off guard with that one. Way to bring the levity to a very serious moment. I think that's a good thing to realize, Mitzi. Libraries are for everyone, and it's important that we think about other people when we use them. With anything that we share with other people, we should all just take what we need and leave the rest for someone else. It's sharing, which is part of being a good neighbor, even if we don't know who exactly we're sharing with. Ah, you're right. But this is an easy problem to fix. I could just go return the books I'm not reading after this episode. Well, that's good timing, Mitzi, because I think we're about out of time for today. Listeners, we'll be back with more sweet, syrupy content for you next time. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? 
So far, we know it uses water and brown sugar. You'll have to keep listening to find out some more ingredients. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like our show, feel free to share it with a friend or leave us a review. Give us some stars and tell us what you think. We love hearing from you. Until next time, keep keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Mitzi, and I am a star fruit, and Molly Birdbaum, who is a honey crisp apple. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a kumquat. Andrea Vavjan is a kanepa, and Katie O'Hara is a lemon, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Audio services are provided by Ultraviolet Audio, with sound design supervision by Matt Boynton. He's a nectarine. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda, a banana, and additional engineering by Eric Gorman, a raspberry. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music, and Jonathan is a mangosteen. Our director of post-production is Hen Margolis. She is a pomegranate. Our director of production is Diane Knox, who is also a dragon fruit. Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, a watermelon. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a blueberry. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a mango. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's also a raspberry. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hominoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavjan, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, photo test cook, Ashley Stoyanov, test cook, Faye Yang, and managing producer, Yumi Araki. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Camp Hollins, Brianna Maya, Brian Green, and Ava Lee Wright. Thanks again to our sponsor, Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Gertie the Glove Troll? Ah, famous Icelandic bedtime story. Gertie is huge over there, let me tell you. Big country for handwear. Actually, an old college friend of mine, too. We went to MITT together. Oh, I think she's here now to meet me for coffee. (laughs) Ah, Gertie, I missed you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Gertie, you haven't changed one bit. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. 
Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 